put a spell on you. Cause you're mine. Welcome to Hex Rated, where we four witches will take you on a magical journey through foul language and outrageous feminism. Plus, some witchy shit. from the train oh I, it's on my list it's re- yeah. it's really good it's kind of dry it's more like packaged for people who are probably into like researching those murders on their own and just want all the information like laid out so basically um it just goes chronologically each chapter is a different case and he outlines like why or why not they think that it's related and the facts that they have been able to gather because obviously we're talking about stuff that happened in like the teens of last century so some of the journalism is not super solid or there just isn't really a whole lot of primary sources and stuff and uh so i'm like probably two-thirds away through it yeah it sounds fascinating yeah so it's not like um like a narrative so much it's more just like a a really well laid out um catalog of all the facts right thumbs up uh hey everybody oh yeah welcome to hex rated we talk about witchcraft and dogs and murder and other podcasts uh i'm blackbird i'm scarlet and i'm lily and our good friend jay is not with us oh wait we might cut her in right so well we'll see keep it out well i don't think we're not gonna trick anyone into thinking that she's live if we cut and paste her in so (laughs) <laughs> she's not live she's not live this is kind of interesting we're going back to the og hex rated lineup oh yeah hey yeah. how long has it been oh, since it, hasn't, it, was... it hasn't been a minute yeah yeah since it was just the three of us been a while mm-hmm. long time probably since before you had the bibbas oh yeah well because jay started podcasting with us when uh trump got elected and we started doing more uh social justice and activism sort of bullshit yes um speaking of speaking of we were all very dismayed by oh sorry sorry i lost my train of thought i was gonna segue into the main topic so you better you better get back on that train or it's gonna be gone was it about the bullshit georgia bullshit that's going on yes yes yeah i I can't even think about it i don't even like it's so much it's just like it's just i'm rubbing my forehead right now because it's just like it's just too fucking much yeah it doesn't doesn't bode well does it no and if you're in georgia i'm really oh god i can't even deal with that right now i mean obviously that's something that's gonna go to the supreme court and it's gonna be ruled as too restrictive but it doesn't fucking matter because in the meantime people uh, like clinics will close down as a result people will be put in tough positions people might Mm -hmm. be incarcerated people might bear the burden of like exorbitant legal fees trying to deal with this bullshittery so i mean even if it gets overturned as unconstitutional at the federal level in the meantime complete fuckuppery is afoot 
And when it gets overturned, yep. that shit doesn't just magically get a mulligan. It's not like some endgame bullshit where we get the infinity gauntlet and snap our fingers and everything goes back to the way it was. Like, when those mm -hmm. clinics close, they don't just yeah. magically appear again. So. Well, right. yes, exactly. And that's exactly what we've seen has happened here in Texas with the very restrictive laws that they've put on where you can get an abortion at. Because like you said, right. those clinics don't magically reopen. Like if you live out in the middle of nowhere, which many people do in Texas because Texas is huge, like you're just, even if they have decided that those laws that uh, were put into place are unconstitutional, I mean, like you said, those clinics aren't just going to magically reopen. They're gone. Right. Right. Like they overturned that, that state law and yet it's not like somebody just found the fucking money to make the make all the clinics happen again mm -hmm. yeah it's uh, it's yeah i mean it's pretty discouraging and um i know there are a lot of people trying to fight it and that's great and we just need to keep that up because i don't know there's a lot of discouraging shit happening right now so. well i will say what is encouraging is sort of um the sort of public or social media um, celebrity driven shaming of people saying that, you know, celebrities saying I'm not going to film in this state until this is yeah. overturned. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm not businesses are like, I'm not going to because that has actually affected change. Um, some of these states yes. that were thinking about doing these restrictive uh, bathroom bills, which would basically right, give right. people vigilante empowerment to harass non gender conforming people like for no reason businesses were like okay well we were going to build a headquarters there but fuck you and there are some bigoted people in government but they're also greedy as shit so if yes. the money goes right surprise surprise their supposedly dearly held religious beliefs also go out the window so that actually mm -hmm. is encouraging that that's a phenomenon that we we haven't really seen before and that I feel like is being justly harnessed. I mean, there's a lot to be said about like unfair uh, call out culture or online bulleting. But I think that in this case, it's definitely a force for good that has proven to be quite effective. So that, that is Let's encouraging. Pull the fucking money, man. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. yep. Good. Uh, hard segue. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> hard left turn into what we did for uh beltane slash hexenach right. yeah oh excellent okay i oh i was in texas so that you was were. awesome oh, yes blackbird was, was live in here and it was delightful it was it, it was, was really delightful felt really good to have everybody in the same room and all that energy because the last time we had a ritual and blackbird was skyped in i mean it was it was good and you know it kind of did feel like you were there but then when you were there i was like oh no wait this is better this is much better it's always better when i am there in person but i do feel like we've been able to keep the the connection by um mm -hmm. just how much we talk to each other all the time and and by doing that ritual like you know virtual ritual it totally like it's uh, it's not completely seamless, but it is it is very close to the real thing. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I was really surprised. I, I thought it was gonna be cheesy and clunky and just kind of fall apart, but it really felt like you were there. Like it it was not like Aww. so so. But obviously, having you no, in person I, was better. Yes, it was good, and um, I just think like it was just it was cool to be back in Scarlet's like 
parlor uh, with the, you know, just all of the, I don't know, kind of like the atmosphere that we basically got started in, mm -hmm. you yeah. know, it just felt like, it felt like coming full circle almost. Um, or like, for me, it felt like coming back to a really like almost sacred, familiar place. Mm -hmm. In fact, I don't know. Did I tell you? I totally like got all misty and choked up when I left the next morning. Oh. I, was walk I was walking out of your house. I was just like, uh, okay, gotta go. Oh. Sorry, I was asleep. It's okay. It was just like, it was just so nice. Like, it was just nice to be be there for a little Yay. bit. Uh, it was hot as fuck, though, so no thank you. Um, I'm I'm still digging that it's like 63 degrees. Although y'all have had some nice it's, weather yeah, in the last... Yeah, it's the same temperature I mean, here. It's cold here. And rainy still, mm -hmm. right? Well, it's not much different here, so it was it was great to be back. Yeah, well, it's so good to have you back. Yeah. yeah. Wait, who came up with the idea uh, to do fire goddesses? It wasn't me, because that think that's <laughs> my default I think, setting. Yeah. I think it was Blackbird had the idea of fire goddesses, right? Well, it was kind of like, we were like, well, okay, well, Beltane, you know, fire times, let's, mm -hmm. we usually do something outside and... You know, have a, like, not, I mean, I wouldn't call it a bonfire, but we usually do, like, a fire pit with, um, you know, just, like, outdoorsy kind of stuff. But it was real wet and rainy uh, that week in Texas, so we decided to ixnay on the outdoors stuff. And um, I don't know, I guess I was thinking that we would, like, ascribe a, an actual, like, a fire goddess from, you know, various world religions to ourselves. And then... I think Lily said something like, well, why don't we just write our own, you know, our own, like, kind of not definitions, but like our own invocations to to the person as a fire goddess. It doesn't have to be an actual fire goddess that already exists. So that's kind of what we did. Does that make sense? Yeah. So uh, just to break it down a little bit more. So there were... Um, five of us there because we had another friend there too and we each wrote an invocation to each other as if the other one was a fire goddess that um so we thought about them in that sense like okay if if like scarlet was a fire goddess which isn't like a big like leap to to get to <laughs> but if scarlet were a fire goddess what invocation would I write to her as a fire goddess? And I think they all came out like really awesome. Yeah, they were so creative. They did. And I think we each we each thought of um, characteristics that um, each person already had mm -hmm. and worked with that basically for our invocations. Do we want to? Yes. Yeah, so, well, do we want to? Read some or? Well, let's break this down. So first we did our, um, you know, grounding and centering, which we talked about before. And then we did our triangle. And this part was kind of my idea where, because normally we do the red, black, and white uh, triangle as our sacred space. And I had the idea of doing red as flame, black as like charcoals or embers, and white as ash. So I was thinking of like like three different states of uh, fire, basically. And I wrote a full one for Ash and kind of wrote one for Black. But then at the end for Red, I was like, y'all, I don't know what to do. And what we ended up doing was uh, Scarlet's 
uh, improved it, and it was really good. Scarlett, do you remember anything no. improved for Red? I do not remember Dang. anything I said except. Um, so, if we just want to start, I'll read what you wrote, which was Lady of Flame, Witch of the Red, Mother of the Incineration, and then I said some stuff which apparently was cool. So I feel great about that. And then um, because it's Game of Thrones season, I said Hen Sindroro Onios Henukir Persis. Hin Morgot Glaison, which is the spell that Melisandre uses to revive Jon Snow. It, uh, it's Valyrian, um, and it means from darkness, light, from ash, fire, from death, life, which seemed pretty appropriate to what we were doing. Mm-hmm. It did, it, and it felt really good. Cause, and yes. you know what? I kind of thought it was from Game of Thrones because I was like, what language is that? I feel like this is from Game of Thrones. But yeah, it sounded real cool. I knew what you were doing. I loved it. And it actually adds a little bit more for me knowing that it was the spell that revived Jon Snow. Uh, Because I didn't know. Because I kind of figured it was from Game of Thrones, but I did not know exactly what it was. Well, and and of course, Melisandre is like the red fire priestess. So Mm -hmm, she's kind of, she's my favorite. But yeah, I mean, it fit really well with what we were doing. Um, I'm not really into her monotheism and uh, burning uh, yeah. non-believers and whatnot, but yeah, well, mm. that stupid Lord of Light, I mean, or that venerable Lord of Light, whatever. <laughs> yeah, no, it was very that it fit re- it fit really well, and it was a good way to start it out, and it was uh, some pretty strong uh, ad libbing by scarlet as mm-hmm. always if only i remembered what i had said i know we should have ri- written it down then well so we recorded it we should always like record shit because we always end up ad-libbing something that's true well so then while you were doing that there was a candle that were you holding it we were all just kind of putting our hands over the flame and stuff while you like, yeah we, we were standing in like a circle yeah we were thinking because uh we sort of ad-libbed this too although in retrospect it was pretty obvious we had a candle and then i lit some incense and then earlier in the mm-hmm. day i had burned some uh dragon's blood incense and some paper to have some like white ash in a bowl so we kind of just spontaneously as the red one was happening we kind of passed it around as if we were like blessing or spurging people with fire and then same thing with mm-hmm. when we got to the incense um and then with the uh ash we did the same thing so i forget who read black probably blackbird jay did okay well you're gonna pretend to be her and read but it. blackbird yeah yeah why don't you read it now me okay yeah. uh okay uh, Lady of Embers, Witch of the Black, Mother of the Transformation, we adorn our skin with you, O Carbonous One, with sigils and runes of arcane power, our hands stained with soot, our throats raw from smoky chants. That's good. This is not where we began. This is not where we will end. This is where we are. So that last part, the this is where we are, I added that later and it did not get printed in. um, I didn't add it in time for Scarlet to print it in the little booklets we had at the ritual. But Jay just said it like so she at the end, she just said, this is where we are. Because as I was reading it, I was like, oh, crap, I didn't (gasps) add it in time. What? And Jay just said it. Yes. And I looked over and I was like, yes. (laughs) What? 
what? Yes. That's crazy because I had printed it in my copy, but then I am like, or yeah, I can't remember if this is a copy that you printed for me or if I printed it. No, you must have printed this for me. So I don't know. Well, the Either one I was there. holding did not have that part didn't in have it. it. And I was reading wow. it like, oh shit, like, oh, I forgot to do this. But then she said it and I was like, because it fit. It was like, this is where we began. This is not where we began. This is not where we will end. This is where we are. That's so great. Wow. Yeah. I totally didn't notice that part. Yeah, it was real awesome. Okay, and then the next one was Ash. So I wrote this. Lady of Ash, witch of the white, mother of what remains. We paint you on our faces and bodies, O sinnerous one, to prepare ourselves for rituals and rites. When the funeral pyre has burned down, abandoned by the mourners, and the wind sweeps you away, we are returned to the sky. Rendered down to purity, cleansed by flames, you are mother of what remains. And I didn't know this about ash, but apparently it is sterile. Like, uh, it can be used like soap to disinfect things because of alkaline and stuff. But so that's why I put in like the rendered down to purity. But I was like, oh, that's interesting. It's good to know if you're ever in the woods and you need to sterilize yourself. Also, if you have hair dye on somewhere, a part of your body that you do not want hair dye on, you can rub ash in it and it'll take it out. Oh, damn. I can't believe I didn't, didn't know, know that. that. I've been dyeing my hair since yeah. I was like 13. I mean, I think it depends on, it might depend on the type of hair dye, but it I've done it and it worked. Like, because a lot of times I get, like, when they do my hair, they'll get it up in the scal- scalp, like, you know, like mm-hmm. right on your hairline in the front. And I hated, like, if I had to go somewhere that night and that part, back when I didn't have bangs, and that part would show, like, you'd want to go home right away and try to get it out. So, like, either ash or bleach. So <laughs> try not to, like, just put Clor- Clorox directly on your skin, but <laughs> you, you can do it. Well, they made not a thing that you can get at Sally's called Dyes Off, but it's, like, you know, spelled <laughs> gnarly, like, D-Y-Z-Z-O-F-F or something. <laughs> And it kind of smells like cat pee, but it works really well. Um, Oatmeal soap works pretty good, too. That sounds like a much better option than all of the things that we have discussed already. (laughs) Oh, and then we had, uh, so I put a little bit of uh, wine in the bowl of ash. And as we went around, Mm -hmm. um, we kind of took turns passing the bowl around and turning to someone on either side of us and like painting their face or putting sigils on their upper arms or whatever. So we looked real fucking badass, FYI. Oh, it's true. Yeah. It's true. Uh, so, yeah, we did that. And then that's when we did the invocations to each other as if we were fire goddesses. So do y'all want to, should we read all of them? Or should we just, like, say uh, who, like, well, what do, you, what do y'all think? Let's just read it through them real quick, I guess. We can say okay. a word or two about, you know, maybe if there was any inspiration or something so we started off with um we had a guest one of my actually one of my bestest friends since seventh grade and she's very uh she's a virgo she's very vata um so we all kind of ended up honing in on this idea of like intellect and like spark and like quick thought and whatever um so I'll, i'll read mine lady of lightning a flash between earth and sky belonging to neither a creature of air and ions, a flash in the dark, 
a key on a string, the electric jolt of modernity, the incandescent spark of divine inspiration. Strike quickly before mortals can blink. Lady who knows all by instinct. Oh, and uh, a note on that. While we were doing this, the person who we were doing the invocations for, we were all going around and like doing like energy medicine and blessing them and doing like the mudras that we had come up with before that we've talked about before on that person. So that was pretty cool. It was like all about them. It felt real good. Um, Oh, mine was next. So for her, I wrote lady of the candles flame reason, logic, learning by your light. The greatest works were writ by your illumination. Humanity philosophized, theorized fingers stained with ink. Pen scratching parchment. We're like that. Mm-hmm. Very poetic. Yeah, like I don't, I can't speak for everybody, and I mean, I'll speak more about it when we get to me. But like, it just felt so super cool when mm-hmm. everybody was like doing these. It was just really neat. Um, mine was next for our quick-witted friend, and I wrote a quickness. Oh, sorry, Lady of the Spark, a quickness and a flash of brilliance. You are the inception of ideas, the heat of methodic yet chaotic, crashing boldly to form the first light of dawn. And lo, this dawn of all creation begins with the tiniest movement, one flick filled with wit and wonder as the world awaits the snap of your fingers. I feel like I should snap after each of these. I think we did, didn't we? I think we all did. I think we did. It was really cool. Yeah. That was, I think she liked it. And then I'll I'll read uh, uh, Jay's. She wrote, uh, Lady of the Sun, the patient glow before dawn breaks. The hum of energy as the day awakens. You are the calm and warmth of the sunrise, shedding light on the world. Watchful, thoughtful, and ever steady light. You are the beckoning of opportunity to be embraced. Mm -hmm. We're good. Good. Oh, and then I was next. Like, everybody did their invocations for me. We all oh, gathered yeah. around. I did, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote, Lady of the Hearth Fire, a warm glow of frith and kin, of ovens and stoves, burnt brewing savory spells, generations upon generations of mothers stoking the kitchen coals, but also the torchlight in the darkness warning off thieves and evil that this is no unguarded hall for pillaging. Only those invited are welcome. All others turn back unfed, the Spacona's flames licking them instead. Really liked how you rhymed all your endings. Yeah, I did that by accident on the first one, so then I kind of had to try to do it on the (laughs) other. Yeah, you gotta stick with it. Sorry. Um, I wrote, uh, for Lily, I wrote, Lady of the Embers, you show us patience amidst transformation, searing white hot one minute, and the next bright orange, then dimmer, then glowing, but ever-present, shape-shifting, becoming and disintegrating all within the time it takes to speak your name. And I just want to say about yours, Blackbird, I was really interested when I read yours through because I read um, everything before the ritual, but I was really interested in yours because it was the most like 
kind of uh, poetic and metaphorical of all of them. And it was yeah, like, right. Yeah, it was so. It felt I don't like know how was, I did that. <laughs> it felt like there was a lot of like layers to kind of look through in it when I was like reading it. I think when I was writing it, I was thinking about those layers, although that may or may not be true. I think I was because, well, I was thinking like when I talk about patience through transformation, I mean, that's to me, that's an obvious reference to you having babies like that is a transformation that your body and your mind completely go through. And just the fact that you did it without like jumping off a cliff or, you know, driving off in a car to some other land, you know, like that's patience to me and then just like and how that how that transformation can completely change like your mental faculties your physical faculties just like like you're always but you're always there and you're you're it's like your light is always on but the light is always changing I don't know that's kind of how I how I looked at it hmm. that's really interesting is that make any sense it does it does make sense but yeah it took me a couple like I read it through a few times just like thinking about each like different like thing you said because yours was kind of short which is fine but it but each uh sentence or each like phrase it felt really uh important so thank you well there's definitely like we could like explore it more but i mean i think it's like left up to to interpretation because i'm sure like i don't know when i wrote everybody's i was kind of thinking sometimes on a i like to i like to read things and so i try to write things that are um dual level i just have always been fascinated by people that can do that really well and i do not purport to be one of those people but i i like to have more than one meaning to stuff that i write usually Mm mm-hmm Low is really good. I guess uh, since <laughs> Jay's not here, I'll read the one she wrote for me. Does that sound good? We can all each read the one yeah, Jay sure. wrote for Go us. For mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. That's good. So Lady of the Eternal Flame, your passion nurtures the kindling into a comforting bonfire. We watch the flames grow under your tender care, birthing a glorious fire that will span lifetimes. Honoring the spark of life that's carried through your ancestors to your daughters You are the fire that runs in our veins, that tells us to never forget your own blood and the stories to be shared. Your legacy is an undying flame to be carried throughout time. Uh, Oh. So I actually, um, when I read Jay's, because the first one that got written in like my category, because we had this like Google Doc for a few days, was... um, uh, Scarlet's and I read it and I was like ooh this is really cool oh that seems nice and then the next one was um, Jay's that got written and I actually after I read it I cried but I cried in <laughs> I cried in a not good way I cried because I kind of realized that there was this theme in both of them that was about me being a mom and I kind of realized that I wasn't seeing myself as a mom but everybody else was I'm trying to like work through because I've thought about this in my mind a lot but I haven't verbalized it and I'm so I'm kind of working through it right now but I was upset because 
I used when we because we've done this before where we've written invocations to each other and in the past the words for me have been like protectress and teacher creator things like that and I think that I was kind of upset that I and in realizing that all of those words have now been usurped by the title of like mother and even though like in Scarlet's mother is never mentioned, but that was like, and maybe this is my baggage too coming through. But at, when I read it, that was the idea I, I got. And there was generations upon generations of mothers is, is part of hers. But um, I just. I would like to posit a theory really quick. Yeah, do it. Yes, because like to me, so like, and, and I'm not saying this is your baggage, but like protectress uh those those words creator teacher those words are all emblematic of of a mother as well so you've not lost any of that i mean maybe it's just easier like poetically to encompass all of those things into the word mother but to me that's what a mother is all of those things so you've always had these characteristics inside of you, whether you've actually had physical children or not, like in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Cause I've always, I mean, you're right. We protectress. I always think of like, kind of like a mother wolf, but not in the sense of like literally having a litter of puppies, but right. in that sense of being like kind of wild, but and dangerous, but also like elegant and, and intelligent and protective and, um like fearless capable of of. anything when yeah yeah, fearless um those kind of things and when i was writing yours i when i wrote generations of mothers i was thinking more about just you as the first daughter of a first daughter like like not necessarily like your you being a mother but just like that seems like an important theme in your magic and and in in your identity and and within your family so um that's kind of where I was going with it, but yeah, I think that uh, you're both probably onto something with both like with what you're saying about mother, the uh, term mother kind of encapsulating all of that. I think that it's just a pro- like it was just one th- part. It's it's just the process that I've been going through lately in coming to terms with the way my life is now, not that, and it's not that I didn't want my life to be what it is now, but it is a transformation and it is, um, hard a lot of the time. And I'm, I have been really lately mourning the person that I used to be who I'm not, it's not that I'm not that person anymore, but I'm not that person anymore. You know, I can't be, that person that I used to be now I have to be this different person. And it was, and it's been a really, um, difficult transformation, uh, which I'm sure anybody who is a mother can relate to. Like when you do give over yourself to that, to that process of being a mother or being a parent, being a parent of some, of somebody, I know I'm sure fathers go through it too. 
but it's just you know you there's a lot of baggage that people project onto mothers yes. that they don't project onto fathers you know right. that yes. people put that on you as a label as an identity and have a whole list of rules and things you're supposed to do and not do so so it's not just you struggling with with your new life but struggling with these expectations that people are putting on you of how they now assume that you should act or look or or things you should be doing or be interested in. Yes. Which is really, frankly, none of their business, but. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, that's t- that's completely it. And, like, so this was, like, a real. And reading uh, these invocations on, like, my computer before the ritual was hard because of that, because of, like, me going through that. And, um, but then when they were being said, and I was there at the ritual, it was much different. It was like I had kind of, I was kind of ready to, to embrace it. And I had left the baggage that I was bringing to these kind of behind and was just ready to accept what y'all, my closest friends, were writing and saying. Well, and I think it's Aww. like a it's like a building up and a tearing down and a rebuilding to mm-hmm. me for you. I mean, it's yes. it's totally perfectly 100% acceptable to like all of those feelings are valid. Like everything you just said so valid and not you're not alone and I think when you read words on a computer screen sometimes like it evokes a certain thing, but then when you're with people and they're saying those words or reading them back and you feel supported. Yeah. And so it's like, yeah. it's like a different, it's just a different um, way that that gets communicated. And I think that's really important. Yes, totally. No, I totally agree with you. So, but that was just something I wanted to kind of get out because I, it didn't feel right to talk about it there during the ritual. Cause it felt like, kind of you know I didn't want to bring anything down and I didn't want to hurt anybody's feelings about it because the words like that y'all wrote are just beautiful like really and that uh it was just like me and my baggage when I first read them having to work through that myself but I think it's so awesome that you are doing that 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 you're even taking the time to realize that that affects you a certain way and how it makes you feel and like that's that's the fucking work man that's what we're here to do. It is the work. You're right. Yeah. Okay. Well, so. enough about me. <laughs> um, okay. Well, now it's your turn to read again because oh, yes, you did Jay. the first one for uh, Jay. Okay. Okay, Jay. So mine for Jay was Lady of the Forge. And excuse me, I think I have to burp. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Lady of the Forge. Swordsmith, bladesmith, blacksmith. Crafter of weapons and tools. Strike the anvil, hammer raised, defiantly you forge, bending the ore of the earth to your design. Within you there is strength and determination, and the spark of creativity, and the will to create, and the power to form. So when I was writing Mind for Jay, I was thinking of her as this creator, and this cosplayer, and this photographer, and um, this like... She, she just dabbles, like, she's like a, a renaissance woman of crafts, you know? She just, like, does everything, and she does everything well. Like, she makes cosplay clothes, and then she builds, like, foam armor and stuff for cosplay, and then she's... And then out of nowhere, she plants a garden, yeah, and, and it's, it's like, like, amazing, great. and now she's, like, the best ever at it. I know, don't yeah. you hate her? No, I love her. 
But yeah, so that was kind of where I was coming from with Lady of the Forge for uh, Jay. Totally fits. Um, I wrote a Lady of the Stars, glittering nymph, twinkling in the night, heatless and distant, yet no less blazing and ancient than the sun, invisible by day or tempest, yet no less steadfast in your infinite course. You inhabit an alien realm of unfathomable distances and terrifying emptiness, but are a light to guide and on which to hope, nevertheless. Um, so I definitely wanted to do stars for her because, like, we have that in common. We love space and, and uh, like, NASA and astronomy and, like, she's talked about it at length. So, And she also is very celestial looking with her blue hair and her colorful tattoos and stuff. And I always, I mean... She's so sweet and positive and cute. She's like a little anime space mermaid. But when I started writing about stars, like I used a lot of words that I would not normally associate with Jay. Um, but I associate with stars and I decided to just go with it and see if maybe that's like a part of her that we tend to not pigeonhole her into because we always think of her as being so bubbly and sweet but you know the idea of like heatless and distant and you know unfathomable distances and empty like things that we don't normally associate with her but I was like this is kind of an opportunity to like expand our stereotypes for each other and not pigeonhole each other into being this one specific role so um, I kind of just went with what came to mind first when I started running with the, the inspiration and so I wish you were here to give her her reaction to it because I don't know if she if that spoke to her at mm -hmm. all but that's kind of where I was going with it yeah I did not do that I like that idea of expanding our stereotype or beyond our stereotypes but no she loves weapons so <laughs> I, I found a really kick-ass weapon called a fire lance um, so mine was Lady of the Fire Lance. You wield your weapon with deference, with mercy. You are quick to react, blade at the ready, hands and arms blindingly whirring into position. But there is a stillness inside this blazing pinwheel, the stillness that only comes with knowing, with the invisible perception of friend or foe. And I kind of, when I was writing it, I was also thinking about um, like what we learned about the scythe that was kind of like i feel like jay just has this innate ability like she's a she's a um i think she's a pretty good judge of character like right off the bat she has a real like you said she just didn't think she could have a garden and fucking she has the best garden out of like everyone i know so it's like she has this innate and just like this amazing intuition and when she taps into it it's so powerful and i just think that extends into like how she um, perceives people and situations and uh, but she's never not prepared never not prepared she should get that tattooed mm -hmm. on her because she is 100% oh, yeah, ready to fucking go to battle if you fuck with her oh, or somebody yeah. she loves oh 100% so, of the time yeah that's what I was thinking mm -hmm. so I know I hope she liked everything I hope so too. All right. Well, next was Scarlet, and I wrote the first one. I think this was the first one I wrote, or maybe Jay's was the first one I wrote, and this was the second one. 
But um, so mine for Scarlet was Lady of the Inferno. Yours is a fire that rages. As the lightning strikes the tree, the whole forest is ravaged by flames. Destruction is at your core, but also life. As the flames clear the underbrush, new growth springs forth, cutting away at the unnecessary. You are the harbinger of the rebirth. So. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, I was thinking about um, Scarlet being the Aries of the group, like as I was writing it. But I'm just really curious to hear, like, because you two are here. I'm just really curious to hear your thoughts on what was written about you. So, yeah, I think, I mean, I kind of embrace that role as being the person that's like, well, if everyone's going to be polite, I'm going to take it upon myself to be the one that's like the shit starter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, cause I'm not afraid to be confrontational. Not that I would do it just for the sake of doing it, but usually I feel like if people are holding back, then it's kind of on me to pick up the slack. But what's interesting is, um, I was just rereading uh, some stuff about Redwoods because we went and saw the Redwoods when we were at Panthea mm-hmm. And one of the things is that they evolved to actually work with and benefit from forest fires because, of course, we've heard a lot in the news about really terrible, destructive forest fires in California. But under normal circumstances, they're actually part of the growth cycle and the ecology of that region and the Redwoods have very fire resistant bark and in fact most of the ones we saw that are really big um, had parts that were like hollowed out where they had been struck by lightning and things but they were still alive because they're naturally fire resistant and because they're so tall um, the fire is actually good for the next um, uh, cycle of seedlings because it clears out all the underbrush and um, gives the seedlings a space where they're not um, choked out from the sun to grow. So it's actually really important in the life cycle of the redwoods to have those periodic fires to give the seedlings a chance to like get some light and get a head start. So it was kind of funny that you were like using that uh, image because I was like seriously just reading about it like the night before. So. That's because I'm in your mind. <laughs> I know. Crazy. Uh, I went with the um, what I thought would be obvious, but maybe wasn't so obvious. I went with a Game of Thrones reference because oh, when you put the title before you typed oh, out your true. whole thing, and yeah, I was I like, I didn't know if you meant like wildfire, just like you know, literal wildfire. And so I didn't until you like filled it in. I wasn't sure where you're going with it, and when I realized that it was like Game of Thrones, I was super excited. Yeah, so I wrote Lady of Wildfire. We all know what that dazzling, bright green light is, shimmering, nay, engulfing the bay in the distance. We have all seen the power, as the calm, innocuous wonder can either stay contained or devastate upon release. You dance upon waves and are the most beautiful, most seductive, most dangerous weapon of all. (laughs) I mean... I just went with what felt great. And also just, I really loved all the scenes in game of Thrones where they would show the wildfire, just like sitting in jars and shit. And that was also very vivid in the book for me as well. So just like between like, it sits in a clay jar. All right. That seems dangerous. And then like 
then it can just spread out over water and is just destructive as hell. I don't know. I really liked the imagery in that. And I think, I don't know, that kind of (laughs) it does remind me of you. Like, you can either stay contained and, like, you know, measured or, like, you'll just fucking scorch earth some shit because that's just how (laughs) you go. And thank God we need at least, or, you know, thank thank whatever because we need one of us that's like that for sure well i like to think that i have like righteous indignation but not like anger management issues Ugh. no i have i have managed anger so <laughs> I, I like that metaphor if you don't watch game of thrones or read the books fyi wildfire is basically like their version of napalm yeah it's like a really in, like f- super duper flammable um weaponized sort of substance yeah, and it's like this really brilliant green, like uh, like almost algae green color, right? Yeah. So it also has kind of this like weird sort of uh, beautiful, benign sort of jewel-like, like non, like very alien. It's not. It's not like red or orange or something. You know, right. it's like a very innocuous color. Ooh. Yeah. Anyway, I thought you might like it, and like I, I love it. Well, and I like I can't help but think of you because you're the first. Like I borrowed the book from you and was like, oh shit, I'm hooked. I think that was even before it was either before or right when the series started on TV. So we've been friends a long time. That's true. That's true. Okay, who wants to read Jay's? Oh, I'll yeah, I'll read Jay's. Oh yeah, read it. Yeah. Lady of the Dancing Flame, smoke swirling and enchanting, embers floating delicately through the air, a flicker catches the eye, and our gaze turns to you, unable to look away from the mesmerizing illumination, dangerous blistering heat that captivates with every flutter and flare, you are the dance of light and shadow, the balance of ferocity and elegant grace. Mm. I liked that one. Yeah. We can cut out my ridiculous commentary. No. That's pretty great. No. I really liked nope. it. Your ridiculous Ugh. commentary is what everybody comes for. You are the fan it's favorite. It's not. Blackbird. It is so fucking you not. You are the fan favorite. So oh, stop it. Everything no. you say I, is I, I, I refuse. I will not be the fan favorite. You can't refuse that. You just are. The fans <laughs> have voted. You don't get to pick. The fans have voted. All right. And you are the uh, fan favorite. Okay. Well, as Speaking long as well, I don't really... I don't want to go to Michael's with, with anyone, even myself. So that's the thing. <laughs> okay. That's true. So speaking of which. Well, take it away, Lily. Next... You wrote the first one. For yeah. Her. Take it away. This was my favorite one that I wrote. I wrote it last. And because I kind Aww. of like was really kind of like not hemming and hawing. That's not the right word. But I was like, oh, what am I going to do for Blackbird? And I think everybody else wrote theirs. And I was like, oh, those are all so good. And then um, mine just kind of came to me. Okay, so for you, I did Lady of the Torch. Into the darkness you are lifted. The cave is deep and umbral. Older than our songs. Older than our stories. Older even than us. The darkness seeks to overwhelm. The light seeks to invade. But you understand. With light, there must be shadow. With shadow, there must be light. Hair tangled, feet muddy, robes drag the ground, a visage lit in shade. 
so well i mean god damn <laughs> so so good well so when i was reading yours so i stopped my feet like i did older than our song stop older than our story stop older even than us and like that stopping i feel like got the whole thing started because yours felt i mean everybody else's felt good but yours just was like next level uh yeah, I got real round. Yeah, I got goosebumps as I was reading yours. And because, like, the way that we do our invocations is everybody, one person reads it, but then everybody jumps in if a word or phrase sticks out to them. And, it like, and everybody kind of yelling out with me as I was, like, reading this. It felt so powerful. And then you were, you were holding the staying at that point, I think, too. Because you wanted to hold the stang while we were doing yours. Was that yeah. when that happened? Oh. I think it was either right then or soon after. But like it just made me feel like I was as big as the fucking house. Like not just the words you guys wrote, but just like I felt like I was like, <laughs> this is going to sound really, I don't know, crazy, but whatever. Like I felt like I was in the earth. I felt like I was like as big as the earth. I just felt so fucking magnanimous i just felt like huge it was insane like you guys just you blew me you blew me away it was amazing but it wasn't like the crying one when i left it wasn't like that feeling because that was awesome too but this one was just like i don't know it just it made me feel like i could fucking do anything you can i know it's great (laughs) um i wrote lady of the core Ruling the depths of the earth, deep below the tiny lives of men, deep below the bones of everything that has ever lived, deep below the unthanked growing earth, you reside, waiting, unperceived, listening, unheard, stirring, unfathomed, erupt with a heat that sears and tempers. Nothing is made or unmade. It is all the center. Uh, so I mean, I don't know. Uh, just it's like, so gross. Yeah, uh, it's disgusting. No, just like, I mean, deep below the bones of everything that has ever lived. Fucking shit, son. That is serious. Yeah, just uh, gorgeous. Okay. Well, and you know, I have I to will say. Read, uh, um, do what? I'm sorry. I have to say that I okay. realize I, for yours, I don't even remember. Like, I remember yelling out while, like, at some of these words while Scarlett was doing her invocation to you. But I honestly, like, don't really even remember a lot of this because I was just, like, so there in the moment, like, ready to worship at your feet. But you realize, like, that's, here's the thing. Like, none of, the, I mean, not that I don't p- play a part, but, like, none of this is my magic. This is, like, you all writing magic for us to all like take in, but like it's your words that are making this magic and just like we're feeding off of each other. And it just, yeah, it felt really, really real. Oh yeah. It was, I don't know if it was just maybe because you were the last one and we had all already gotten into this place and we were just ready for it. And that combined with just like the energy of you and you not having been here in a while like it just all came together for your invocations they felt very powerful i'll go with that but also i think there's something like uh, there's too something like incredibly powerful and like intrinsic about the the connection with the earth and the core and like i think whether it would be me or somebody else personified with this this is all very like it speaks to the root of us so like the stomping 
and the like feeling of the ground beneath your feet. This is all like, this is what we're all connected to. So I am just, I am just a fucking conduit that happens to light on these subjects. Like it's not like this wasn't, it wasn't me doing this magic is what I'm, what I felt. Mm -hmm. I felt like it was you guys creating this vibe. So it was just fucking unreal but yes i also think we were shit was about ready to jump off too at this point so thanks for making me last you guys (laughs) um jay wrote lady of the pyre return us to ash return us to the earth in life's end we are comforted in your grace we shed our fear our fears our burdens our faults you welcome us into your warm embrace through the darkness we are reborn like the lighthouse that shines to the ship on stormy seas, you are the guiding light that leads us to peace. I just thought that was a beautiful way to kind of bring it down a little. Um, and I know when, I mean, I, I would have to ask her, but I can only imagine when she wrote this, she was thinking about the fact that I'm going to try to do some end of life care things soon. So it just seemed, it seemed really good to like, cap off uh all that energy with something like really centering and peaceful mm-hmm. yeah well and then after that we put the staying in the middle of all of us and we yes. all like held it and then i we all just started like stomping or clapping or banging the ground at like a different rhythm and we ended up with this like impromptu drum circle of just us banging our bodies or the ground and that was like super powerful too and we ended up going uh in a circle around the stang as we were all like clapping and stomping it was real good very much were we saying words or no i can't even remember no No, i think we we were just like yelling and clapping and stomping it it felt really good and you know what's funny is usually we have, I mean, we've done like the indoor fire and stuff, um, but we didn't have that this time. The stang just felt right in yes. the middle. Yeah, we never mm-hmm. use it. It looks rad as shit, but we like don't usually do stuff with it. So, no, man, we should have taken some pictures. Uh, oh, I think uh, Jay took some pictures, but I don't know if she took any of the stang. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's- it's hard to remember um, to take pictures when you're like in the moment. Well, it's not also it's yeah. not really is it really important? I mean, yeah, like I don't like our pictures are great and I'm sure people would love to see them. But really, this is about creating your own your own imagery, your own. And like we'll know what that looks like in our minds for forever. And we want, you know, other other witches to like create their own thing i'm just like i don't know it's not like i'm like i'm out on social media of course i'm not 100 percent, but like i'm really about being in the moment and i think like all the times that i think oh that would look really cool or i I would want to share this with people like it's really okay if if you don't Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. so um oh after the do you want me to talk about the thing we did after that yes yes please Okay, so so back in my original like idea for when before we ever started writing the invocations, I was like, well, I want to do something with uh, actual fire goddesses. So I started on this like trek to find some information, like what can what kind of ritual could we do? So I, I I got some information that was like, oh, you can do this to the goddess Fuchi, 
which also now I'm just I'm quoting what I read. This is not the truth. They're like, oh, it's the goddess Fuji, and she's also like the Mount Fuji gets her name from that. That part is not true. Um, but so the the original ritual that I was gonna, or the original like di- thing I was gonna do, is have us like climb up some stairs and like say something at the top of the stairs, or like you know, not like not like make a wish, but like go up the stairs as if you were having a, like thinking about something you're struggling with and at the top of the stairs you would kind of receive a message um so that sounded really cool and i was really super excited about doing that except that's not the origination of the name or the goddess the goddess is actually uh, kamui fuchi or kamui huchi i don't know if i'm saying that right but i'm trying she was the goddess of fire and the hearth so a lot like um Hestia, uh, worshipped by the Ainu people of Japan, and she was invoked uh, before any other god or goddess because she was basically the go-between, between like between mortals and gods. She was also a communicator with uh, the dead, and she was also in charge of the souls being born into infants. And uh, the Ainu believed that the soul was the inner fire that kept the body warm. Um, so I thought that, well, that was really awesome. And they basically like denounced the fact that that had nothing to do with Mount Fuji. That's something altogether different. So out the window went my, um, like climbing the stairs thing, but th- there was more to Kamui Fuji. She had divinatory powers through needles and sewing. And I thought that was great because I knew Scarlet and probably, uh, Lily would have sewing things and needle things. Um, but she would enter a trance-like state by staring at her needle and then kind of starting to sew a pattern and letting it work on its own. And she would kind of see what pattern would show up in the fabric. And that should, like, she would piece together after that, like, what she needed to know. So I was like, well, shit, we can do that. I mean, hopefully we won't, like, stab ourselves with needles while we are in a trance-like state. But we basically all sat around the candle. Did we sit around the candle? And uh, Lily brought some embroidery hoops. And uh, Scarlett and Lily both had scraps of fabric. I think Jay had scraps of fabric. And there was a bunch of needles, a bunch of thread. And everybody picked, like, a scrap and um, some thread. And then we chanted, uh, we started chanting, needle, needle, thread, thread, show me where I fear to tread. Uh, I wrote that. And, um... And we just kept chanting it and started sewing. And I mean, I honestly closed my eyes and was just like letting the needle do things. I wasn't watching. I wasn't paying attention. I wasn't doing anything intentionally. I was just like basically poking a needle through some fabric and pulling it back out and just like I I had no concept. as to Like I wasn't in 100% trance, but I wasn't consciously thinking about what I was doing at all except like don't you know blind yourself or poke yourself with the needle so what did everybody else like how did you get into this state of trance and 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 then we can talk about the divination part in a minute it was kind of hard for me to like let go of having it look like a thing because like I come from like a needle arts and like fashion background so I was like oh it's gotta look cool it's gotta look like proper embroidery so um, what's funny is I picked a fabric that I had that was uh, these vertical stripes. And when I started sewing, um, I started in this sort of like 
very geometric fan-like pattern and then it just kind of fell apart and like became these like little constellations of of picks and and stitches and stuff which I think was kind of indicative of how I was approaching it mentally that I wanted it to be like very rigid and and um not necessarily literally geometric but that I was expecting it to be like proper and like thought out and like a design and that was like not the point of the activity so it ended up you know just being very freeform but um I think just that experience of like trying to let go of of how I thought it was supposed to look or how I thought that other people thought mine was supposed to look so I liked that yeah yeah it was fun yeah Okay, what did you think while you were doing it? And then we'll talk about our divination out of it. That was... Oh, yeah. Uh, Lily. Go, Lily. Um, well, I uh, was like, we did the thing where we stared at the needle. And then that was actually really... Um, worked really well because every... It was kind of soft. Everybody in the background... Uh, because the lighting was low, but then just staring at the needle made, you know, your focus is on the needle and everything else around you just blurs and then kind of starts to move. So I found that as very effective that combined with like breathing um, into going into kind of a a light trance state. Um, But I think that it would be hard to do if you didn't already have like a trance and meditative background. But I found it as like, I I was like, I'm going to use this again. This is like a good trigger. Um, but then I do think that it was difficult at first to even to let go, like the way Scarlett was saying, like especially somebody who uh, has made art before and sewing art specifically, um, it was kind of like difficult to let go. And then, but then when I did, like, cause at first, like my first couple of marks I, or stitches, I wouldn't even think that that was part of the divination, honestly. Cause then I hit this point where I was like, okay, I'm just letting go. And then everything after that, I think is the, was really the divination at that point. Well, I can tell you from a person that does not come from a background of any fucking sewing whatsoever. Now, my mom did needlepoint, and I'm sure, and she knew how to sew really well and everything, but, like, I never did any of that ever except when they made me in school. So it was very, like, did not give a shit, like, what it looked like, what it was going to look like. I was just like, let's – and I also picked this ridiculously – like, what kind of needle did I pick? What oh, it was, was that? Um, it's it was, a upholstery needle, so it was like – the needle was like four yeah. inches across. <laughs> yeah, it, it was, was not so an embroidery big. needle. No, it was hilarious, and I was just like, yeah, I felt so like I'm doing this crazy shit with this giant needle. And, like, at one point – like I even went like I I took the um, thread, pulled it through, and then it was like outside the fucking hoop when I brought it back in. So like not at all what you're supposed living to on the do edge. What whatsoever. I was totally living on the edge, but like so to talk a little bit about the divinatory aspect of it. So we basically each kind of like. I don't even know that we actually summed it up for ourselves. We had everybody else kind of sum it up for us kind of. So I asked Scarlett what she thought about mine and she was like, well, it's all very like to the left, which is, you know, that makes sense because I'm left-handed, but like, it's all very left and like, like, um, kind of linear, but then there's this part where you completely go 
totally off the off the map basically and just i don't know it's kind of like explains where i'm at right now in life really like i'm really trying to focus on this creative side that i don't know if i mean i have it it's just you know do i want to take the time to express it and then like doing things that i'm not comfortable or familiar with like the end of life training the doula training like that's like that's to me that's the part that's like completely out of the embroidery hoop you know in life so I, I really I really liked it I thought it was super cool yeah I liked uh I liked lilies a lot it was very um it was very like mid-century modern looking because she had like black thread and kind of like a, a whitish or gray background and it was very lean it looked very like um like Mondrian um mm. And I like right. you said you saw Sleepnir in it, and I was like, oh, I totally see it. It looked like a little horsey with so many legs. Oh yeah, no, that was totally. As soon as I like turned it and put it down, I was like, oh, that's Sleepnir. No. That is a horse right there. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm doing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, like I said at the time, like I felt like mine, especially being Sleepnir was really about the fact that I have this problem where I'm always like either looking behind me or looking in front of me. And, and sometimes that really benefits me well where I'm like, okay, what's the next thing? Okay, I have this goal. Okay, what's my next thing? What's the next thing? But then I lose sight of the moment and I've, becoming, I've become very aware of that with my daughters where I'm like, okay, we're home now. So now I need to do your snack. I need to put all the stuff away. I need to get started for dinner. I need to do this, blah, blah, blah. And then I, mm. I realized the other day, I was like, you know what I'm missing on this time of just like sitting down and enjoying like our company and being together. And I'm missing out on these things because I'm always like, okay, what's the next thing? And I do that with big things too, where I'm like, okay, well in two years when the girls are not in private daycare anymore, then we can sell this house and we can have this much money to buy our new house and then we'll have our new house and then we'll live here and blah 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 like and I'm like but I'm missing out on this time like of being in this house with my girls being this age and it's like you don't get time back it just marches like it just goes forward so you have to be in the moment and enjoy the ride you know instead of looking at where the horse is going you have you need to step back and just enjoy that you're riding the yeah, horse you're gonna get on a crazy eight-legged horse you're not you're not getting on it to go someplace you're getting on it for the experience of riding a, a magic horse with too many legs yeah <laughs> exactly yeah. it was a pretty successful uh little thing yeah oh, I yeah thought. i would totally think it again. for me it was really more like the experience was more of like a narrative of my state of mind as opposed to it being sort of like reading tea leaves or something where you you pick out a meaning based on the the shapes or, or designs that you see because um, mine didn't really um, bring to mind any like images so much it was really more about how it felt creating it um, so that was kind of what mm. I got from it but what was interesting to me about these is that when you do embroidery when you sew if you flip it over it looks different on the other side so thinking about each one as a diptych or how the two sides are interacting with each other, like I found that to be really interesting too. Yeah, definitely. So. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know. It was a really, uh, it was something that we have never, like, we've tried a lot of crazy shit, but one thing we've never done is, like, try not to hurt ourselves with needles, so <laughs> it was fun to, like, branch out. And, I mean, I, I used to be the person that would come to the, come to the, um, gathering and be like uh are we crafting uh i don't know how to do crafts i'm bad at crafts i mean y'all will attest because at one point we made like dolls or something and mine would look like shit or we weaved something and it looked terrible but like the the more i do stuff like that the more i've just like lost all my like i wouldn't say all my inhibition but like i you first of all just like don't like for me i have learned to not approach it with dread like approach it as like okay this is something that's going to teach me something or like i'm gonna like i'm gonna make this fun and it doesn't matter what the thing is gonna like look like or do like this is this is a thing i really want to do i don't know it's i'm like have a totally different opinion of crafts now it's all because of you. Well, I guess even as somebody that like went to school for art and like, you know, has has done it career wise, like it's still a struggle to to not be so precious with things because I tend to like hmm. have such a a focus on the result or the desired uh, outcome that I tend to censor myself or like stop myself before I get started when really it, it, I know right. from from you know decades of experience that it's better just to crank out some stuff to just get some stuff on paper or to get some words on the screen or whatever it is that you do to just start cranking stuff out without trying to make each stroke or word perfect and then you can always go back and then you'll have something to edit or change but if you never get started you don't have any of that to work with so it's much better to just mm -hmm. to just do some stuff and be like yeah I might throw away 10 of these sketches but maybe i'll have one that's you know something i can work with as opposed to never getting started <laughs> and having nothing to work with so there was right. a um ceramics professor at the college that i went to and i wasn't a ceramics major but i took ceramics classes and i love ceramicists they're like the coolest art majors ever but um this ceramics professor I think he only did this a few times and then it become like became like legend but um there were stories about how he would go into the grad students uh studios and he would destroy all of their pots all of their sculptures he would just take them and just smash them in front of them because his whole thing was like you shouldn't get attached to this and if you can't do it again then it wasn't worth making in the first place which I don't agree with 100% completely but I was like wow what a like a really powerful and horrifying like lesson to learn it's a much better approach than fashion design professors who just do that with your soul they're like i'm gonna take your soul and <laughs> smash it people don't leave this critique crying i didn't do my job yeah <laughs> oh yeah that sounds yeah it is uh, awful uh, but also life affirming i don't know um well, so there's, we still have a lot more to talk about with like the channeling and stuff, but it's getting oh, kind of late. Right. I think that, uh, that entire portion of the evening could be like another episode on its own. Mm -hmm. So we will discuss the rest of our evening together, uh, next time, uh, volume two and, uh, 
uh, that's that's it oh also speaking of future episodes Uh, um y'all had a really good idea to maybe have an upcoming q a type episode so yes Yes. talk about that well so so, yeah maybe watch our go ahead go well so if you have any questions you'd like to ask us hit us up on facebook uh, hex rated podcast or hex rated witches hit us up on instagram hex rated witches hit us up just email us hex rated podcast at gmail any of your any questions you might have uh, anything like that or just messages about anything we get random weird messages it's cool people still think that we are this rapper named hex rated that is apparently somehow a phil- affiliated with insane clown posse oh, really? awesome. and was asking oh. us the other day on facebook oh yeah we had a facebook message somebody asking about the hookup for icp tickets and i was like we 100 percent do not have that hookup no let me tell you we do not <laughs> and we will not ever no. have that hookup 100 no, no. magnets how do they the work wrong, wrong people here how do they work juggalo for life um no yeah no uh the Let's see if you have if you do not uh, subscribe to our newsletter, get get yourself get yourself to do that. Subscribe. Um, Subscribe. Follow Uh, us on Instagram. Follow us on Facebook. There's our hex rated group, the Uncoven on Facebook. Request to join and answer our two questions and then I will add you to the group and you will find a community of like minded people. If you have the means and the inclination, we have a Patreon now. Um, well, we're not trying to become millionaires or anything because we certainly won't, but we're just trying to like pay for our expenses because we do this all out of pocket. Mm-hmm. Yep. Shit. Pay for bandwidth. Mm-hmm. So we can have a whole yeah, library a of every single episode it as is. opposed to just temporary Woo! bandwidth for the latest one. So, mm-hmm. Yes. You can uh, also now, for your listening pleasure, you can hear us on Spotify. Unless you're already hearing us on Spotify right now. You might be doing that right now. Why are we even telling you? You already know. Yeah. I don't know. Sorry. Sorry. Those of you who are on Spotify, sorry. Our bad. Mm -hmm. Uh, Anyway, that's all for now. And um, we'll be chatting with you soon. And thank you for listening. As always, we're so, so appreciative that we have listeners it's good times Mm -hmm. and uh Mm -hmm. uh, are we ready i'm ready hocus pocus okay one hocus pocus bitches bitches. (laughs) hocus pocus bitches yeah i think we just all gotta say it and then it's that will i think it's great all right bye everybody